Welcome back to Art House Garage. You are listening to episode three, entitled Movie Reviews Are Overrated. My name's Andrew Sweatman, and I'm here with my co-host and good friend, Drew Foote. Hey, everyone. What's up? Always so good to have you here, Drew. Thanks for being here. Yeah, dude, I love I love getting to talk about this stuff. It's awesome. Yeah. So we're going to be talking this week with a good friend of mine named Amy Harrington. So for me and all the listeners, tell us how you know Amy and why... Um, why you wanted to have her on to the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So she uh, is a good friend of mine from college, and we studied abroad uh, at the same time in Liverpool, UK. We're going to talk about that in the discussion. And we've had a film class together, and we also, that was semester, all the friends that went abroad went to the movies a lot. So I look at that semester as a time that really kind of grew my film knowledge and my love of film. And... She was a part of that. So it's kind of cool that she was kind of along alongside for a lot of that. And then just a few weeks before we launched this podcast, I happened to kind of run into her. Don't see her very often anymore, but uh, told her, hey, I'm thinking about doing a podcast and uh, told her a little bit about the idea. And she was like, oh, my gosh, I love that. And she immediately jumped on the kind of the snob free idea and um, really kind of encouraged me to get get started with it. I love it. I love it. How do you feel like watching film in the UK or in Europe affected how the movie experience? I know that has nothing. To yeah, do no, that's American interesting. Theory. That's a good question. Because uh, so there were several Americans with us in this class, but there were several uh, British students as well. And um, yeah, there definitely were some different. So here's the funny thing. The class was called America on film. And so we were looking at American culture and history like decade by decade from a British teacher with a bunch of British students. And it's like, here's the British perspective on all of this, which may be more accurate. I don't know, because they could be objective. But it was really interesting and uh, sometimes a little overly simplified. We felt, I remember talking like, well, the 70s weren't really only about this one thing. But it was a pretty cool class. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like Amy uh, added anything to that? Like, do you remember any time for like any movies that stood out or anything that you feel like Amy had a really good opinion about something that really pushed you? So she tends to like be favorable on most things that she watches. And we talk about that in this discussion too. But for that reason, we would watch something in class and maybe not a lot of us liked it, but Amy and I could definitely vibe and be like, okay, so what were the good things here? Even if it was, you know, a crazy movie. So for instance, we were watching American Psycho with a bunch of like Southern Bells who'd never seen anything like that it was like way too intense way <laughs> over their heads southern bell is probably not the right word but um people who yeah that was not their bag and so it was um just an interesting dynamic there well i'm really excited uh for everyone to hear the conversation i i've listened to it and it's it's really it's really neat and i love like you said she's not some like expert she's not someone that's like a snob about movies yeah yeah. So the other question I had for you before we go into this uh, interview is like, why are we talking about movie reviews? Like, why does this even matter? Yeah. So I want to say, first of all, that I think movie reviews are really important. I think they're an important part of like the movie world and movie culture. And I think they have an amazing function in what they do. And good movie critics work really hard. And I respect and admire much of what so many critics are doing. I think that our culture as a whole, though, I just perceive a problem in that we 
read so much we place so much importance on movie reviews sometimes mm-hmm. that that's 90% of what we're talking about online is the merits or demerits of a movie and yeah. uh, we boil it down to a percentage score and I think that can be unhealthy and uh, not fair to the artists and not good for the consumers who are going to the movies um, and that it can just not be the best thing for the movie going experience. Yeah. Well, without further ado, here is my discussion with Amy Harrington. We are here with my good friend, Amy Harrington. Hello, Amy. Hi. Amy and I are kind of film friends and just college friends from a ways back. And so uh, she was someone who I talked a lot to when I was thinking about starting this podcast and helped me kind of get it going. Amy was an English major with me in college, and we actually both studied abroad too uh, in Liverpool at the same time. Uh, And during that semester, we took a film class together and we actually went to the movies a few times. Uh, Do you remember, Amy, any of the movies that we watched in the film class? Oh, American. Was it? Yeah, Yeah, that's the one that popped in my head too. American Psycho. Yep, that's what I thought. A memorable movie. We went to see True Grit together. Yeah, I was thinking about True Grit. Did you go see Black Swan with me too? No, I didn't. I was with, I guess I was with a couple other people. what about, you remember that movie, Your Highness? How could I forget? <laughs> oh, what a ridiculous movie. But oh, yes, dear. we saw that as a group too. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, but that that semester, I think, really helped me. Like, I was actually in another film class too there. And that really helped me grow my, I don't know, the way I think about movies in general. Tell us, Amy, what are some of your favorite movies. Tell us your top four movies. I got to say, this is very challenging for me because (laughs) I do love all movies, basically. But the top one, well, I guess they're not really in order, but Singing in the Rain is big Mm. because I think it was one of the first musicals I ever watched. Mm. And I remember watching it with my mother and I could still just watch it over and over and over. It's Mm. classic. It's funny. It's Oh, it's just all around great. Pride and Prejudice, the 2005 version with Keira Knightley. Yep, yep, yep. It's another one. It's just, it's beautiful. Like, it's stunning. That is a good one. It's lovely. Oh, it's just so great. I have seen that. I have actually not seen Singing in the Rain, to my great regret, because I know it's one of the all-time greats, and I really, really want to see it. 1952. They did very well. Okay. Pride and Prejudice was another one I watched Mm -hmm. over and over and over with my mother. (laughs) So, uh, Titanic. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I know that's so cheesy. Everyone loves Titanic. Everyone's seen Titanic, but I love historical films, yeah. and that is just the peak. It's got drama, history, love. How could, yeah. you can't go wrong. And finally, I'm cheating, but Star Wars, all of the Star Wars movies. When you say all of the Star Wars movies, do you mean the original trilogy, all six, all eight that we have now? Oh, all right. eight. There's Why also not? the the in between Rogue One. Rogue all One. Nine. Okay, all nine. Ten. <laughs> that's for a counting big, that's Solo. A big time cheating. But what's your, do you have a favorite among the Star Wars movies? That's a hard question now too. Probably the first one, Episode yeah. Four, because it. Yeah, it's like a whole. My love for sci-fi mm. and it's just a great film. 
I agree. And yeah, that has like the whole beginning to end. Like it can be its own encapsulated thing. I think that's yes. a cool thing about it. Although my favorite is Empire Strikes Back. I have a real hard time not putting The Last Jedi like way up there because I really, really liked this most recent Last Jedi movie. It Anyhow. was spectacular. Star oh, Wars. the characters in Star Wars are just so good. Like everything. They really are. Ugh, so creative. <laughs> That's really cool. So we can we should do a whole other episode about Star Wars probably. But yes. um, to to also give a little more information about Amy. So you were a English major. You have spent a fair amount of time thinking critically about movies and like writing papers about them and that sort of thing. Um, so I, that was another reason that I thought, you know, Amy's a good person to have on the podcast. We had a conversation a few weeks ago. And you, I was telling you kind of the idea for the show and you said that you like that idea because you don't feel like you're a great critic. This is when I was saying that I don't want it to necessarily be movie reviews. And then you said that and I really loved, loved kind of the way you talked about that. So what exactly did you mean by that, that you're not a good movie critic? Well, I see a lot of movies hmm. and there are very, very few movies I don't like. If I find, I mean, if it keeps me entertained, I love it. I just love being taken away in the moment and I enjoy yeah. an hour and a half or two hours just mm -hmm. being somewhere else. And I love every movie. And so my friends always say, oh, have you seen that? And I'll say, I'll have, but everyone says, don't listen to Amy. She likes everything. <laughs> I'm just a happy person. Mm -hmm. Everything yeah. makes me happy. No, I love that. And I, I think there's this weird like, pressure to be critical um and it's like if a movie comes up immediately the conversation goes to well it's good or bad if there's any disagreement it's it becomes an argument about why people think it's good or bad and i think that's okay and that can be done in good fun but i think it also uh the whole culture of that can have some really negative effects and that's kind of what i wanted to explore uh with this episode so I mentioned this kind of idea to my wife and she's like, yeah, I think that's really true. And it's probably true of other art forms as well. Uh, but movies is the one that I talk the most about. So it's where I've kind of experienced it. But she said it really well. She said, just because I can't be critical of art doesn't mean I can't appreciate it or engage with it. And I think that's really true. Um, yeah. And, and there's also this weird pressure to like be critical in the most creative way. So much of the, like the online movie reviews or discussions it's we're going to rip this movie apart or we're going to rip this person apart for liking it uh, and i just think that to a point can can just be can skew so negative that it's not helpful definitely yeah have you experienced if that it, before yes even if something seems so unrealistic like oh that's so outrageous so absurd i still think that it was awesome. Who came up with that? I could not have dreamed that up. Like it was great. It's like, I, I do think critically and I think, okay, I didn't think that part of it was great or whatever, but there's good and bad in every movie. Um, and to say that a movie is only good or only bad is, is unfair. And I think too, if you, if you watch the credits of a movie and you see how many people spent so many hours and years of their life building this, uh, this big piece of art, even if I, didn't connect with anything in the movie. At least I engaged with it for a couple of hours and gave my time and attention to something that people put their blood, sweat and tears into. And kind of another example of that, I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were talking about some, some movies from like the nineties and kind of, kind of movies that have like a nostalgic following. And they were just stating as fact, yeah, well, this one's good. This one's not good. 
um, and this one's terrible. And um, that's not fair. And, and yeah, these are like friends, and it's lighthearted. It wasn't like anyone was being shamed in that. But there are people <laughs> listening. They're like, "Oh, that's my favorite movie," you know. So I think that we can be sensitive to the way we talk about that because it really can breed shame in people. What situations have you been in where you felt uh, uncomfortable or stressed out in a movie conversation? Honestly, anytime someone says, especially if I watched a movie with them and they say, oh, I did not enjoy that. Why did you make me watch that? Like that, I would never see that again. And yeah, I guess I am kind of easily offended. I try not to be, but I just think, I don't understand. Like that was so entertaining. Yeah, yeah. I think there's always good you can find in there, whether it was the music or. Yeah, absolutely. So like, I think there's a level like you just love movies and like you're going to be on board with, with or at least, you know, get on the level of it and engage with it no matter what and find something positive to say about right. it. Right. Like yeah. there's no reason for you to say, well, why did you like that? Mm. Don't, I do not like it when people shame you for liking something. It's Yeah. Yeah. And I've yeah. definitely been in that situation too where, or it's like a group and people start saying, yeah, that movie's terrible. And I'm sitting here secretly thinking, oh, I really liked it. But now I feel like I can't say exactly. that out loud. Or uh, you liked that movie? Like that really can can just get negative quick. Um, yes. And I think this gets too into kind of the idea of negativity bias. That if like the, the things that are negative on the internet are what gets most attention. And I think that's, it sticks in our brain too. Like I've done, you know, a tiny amount of research about negativity bias, but um, it's the idea that you see a, a really positive thing or an equally negative thing, and the negative one is the one that's going to be more meaningful or more uh, powerful in your brain. And I think that's so true, even too in like the world of clickbait and um, like you see just the, the negative headlines, and it's and that can color your perception so much too. Agreed. Yeah, uh, here I have a little story too about kind of an experience around that kind of thing. And some of this is on me. Like I, I maybe I'm letting this affect my brain too much, but I think it is that negativity bias idea that if I have in the past seen just a headline or some like t- some tiny little piece of information about this movie isn't good, some some one person's opinion on the internet this movie isn't good. Then I go into the movie thinking, oh, this movie must not be any good. And I'm going to be looking for these things to criticize. Uh, And I think a great example of that recently was the movie Crazy Rich Asians, which I've not seen yet. Uh, But I just mentioned the title. I was like, oh yeah, I've just heard, you know, Crazy Rich Asians is out. It sounds interesting. And Allison was like, oh, I saw something uh, that that movie's not any good. I don't even know what it was, if it was a headline or a Facebook post or what, but it was not even firsthand. It was like, hearsay that my wife heard it wasn't good. And already in my brain, I was like, okay, that movie's not any good. And then over the next couple of weeks, it was huge. It's making all this money. Everyone seems to be praising it. Um, Allison was like, yeah, that was just one person. I don't know. Like, (laughs) I'm sitting here like, well, I thought it wasn't any good. And it's, it's because of this culture of there's a critical consensus about this movie. And if you don't agree with it, you better be able to defend yourself. That's so sad because... I read Crazy Rich Asians and then I watched it and that was so exciting for me. It had been a long time since I had read a book and then watched the movie like back to back. I didn't know it was a book, honestly. And it was so, oh, it's, you can borrow it. It It was so exciting. (laughs) They made it come to life on the screen and uh, it was like vibrant and it was very fun. My mother loved it too. (laughs) 
Hey, I wanted to jump out and give a quick word from our sponsor, Appalling Productions. Appalling Productions produces lots of things, uh, photography, videography, music production. Uh, they really do a lot. One thing that they do and do very well, I can say from firsthand experience, is that they will compose and create music for your film, TV show, or podcast, or anything else that you might need some custom made music for. They, in fact, did the theme song to this very podcast. So if you liked it, you can go to appallingproductions.com. That's A-P-A-U-L-I-N-G. It's founded by a guy named Paul, so it's appalling. Appallingproductions.com slash contact. And if you mention Arthouse Garage in your message, they will give you a discount. I'm hearing a common theme that you and your mom seem to bond over movies. Is that true? Yes. You're like in your top four. When I'm home, when I go home to visit or stay, if I even just am saying one night, mom's like, got any new rom-coms? Nice. Like <laughs> any new movies? That's really cool. <laughs> Should we watch? I grew up with that too. My my family watched a lot of movies. I think that's probably why movies are in my DNA a little bit. That's cool. Along the same lines of like that, that negativity idea, uh, how do you feel about star ratings or uh, you know, like Rotten Tomatoes, critical consensus kind of things. Do you pay attention to those? I, of course I do. Yeah. I look at them, mm. but even if I've already planned to see a movie and Rotten Tomatoes says, oh, it got a 22%, I think, oh, that's funny. I'm going to go decide for myself. Yeah. But I hate when I'm asked to give a rating mm. like that mm. because it's it's too hard. It's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> there are so many good things. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, so I love the movie or the, the website Letterboxd because it's, I think it's a, just a cool kind of film social network to engage with that kind of stuff, but it has you rate star ratings. And that for the longest time really stressed me out because I would watch a, you know, a great movie and think, well, I shouldn't give it five stars. People think I'm crazy if I give this movie five stars. Only the best things get five right. stars. Or everyone loves this movie, but I didn't really get it. I'm going to give it two stars. And like I'm stressed out about that. People are going to think I'm crazy. Like I um, I have decided recently, I think I'm just not going to do the stars. Because you also have the option on Letterboxd of a heart or no heart. I think that I can pretty much say, yeah, I love this or I didn't love it. And that's fine. Um, so just do hearts or no hearts. Uh, so on the question of like the Rotten Tomatoes or like Metascore, I remember learning exactly what how those are calculated, um, and and thinking about okay, this like so Metascore is a little more accurate maybe or or whatever, and like digging into that and um, really letting living by those numbers. And I think so many people do. You know, you just glance what's the num- numerical rating to decide what movie to see tonight. Um, but I think that's part of the feeds into the culture too. Of like a, a movie is a pass or a fail. There's no in between. It's either a good movie or a bad movie. And uh, if you think it's a good movie, but most people think it's a bad movie, you better be able to to back that up and give me some facts and figures right. on why. All of that is to say, I would love to just with this podcast to be a place where we can avoid that kind of talk. Like we can, yeah, we can say, I thought this performance was good or bad and whatever, but I think it's much more interesting to dig into the the meaning behind things or what can we learn. I think a central question, this is a, a new idea that I've had recently. I haven't even talked to my co-host about it, but maybe the question that we ask for every movie we watch is how does watching this movie make me a better human or how can it make me a better human? And that can have a million answers, but I think that's part of this too, is that a movie review is one person's opinion and everyone has different opinions. And 
Right. Um, so if, if you think about that, like what is a Rotten Tomatoes score? It's just uh, a handful right. of people's opinions. Well, and I also like to think, how did it make me feel? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's too. Like movies are so personal that it's going to speak into your life sometimes when it doesn't to anyone else, or it doesn't have to be a big universal experience to be a, a good movie. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So all that to say, I just think it's a shame that that's where online conversations are right now. And we want to be a force for change in that. Right. Well, Amy, what are some movies that are not necessarily critically acclaimed that you are a big fan of? Well, obviously a rom-com yeah. <laughs> of any kind. Yeah. One that I always think of is Grease. And I know mm-hmm. a lot of people do love it, but I feel like if you're a movie critic or I don't know, yeah, movie snob for lack of a better term yeah, yeah, yeah. you would think oh that's like so cheesy it's just silly but yeah people turn their a classic when that comes up yeah absolutely the movie the music all together is just so great everyone knows the songs from greece hmm. you can't go wrong yeah i think that's a good one too so i'll say this too and i kind of said this in episode one of the podcast but the reason i think i'm so sensitive to this idea of like people being snobby about movies is because I used to be that way. And you, Amy, you probably knew me when I was still <laughs> a lot in that mindset uh, <laughs> early on. But like I, with the movie Grease, I remember watching that in high school and had heard so many things about it. And I thought, you know what? It'll be cool if I tell everyone I hate this. And <laughs> so I, I really had that. <laughs> so I told all my friends that we watched it in this theater class. I was like, yeah, that was dumb. I didn't like it. And I thought it was so cool. And so like, that's a whole kind of other problem. But I think (laughs) because people are proud to be film snobs. So like I didn't make up this idea of like just snob free because out of the blue, people say that, oh, I'm a coffee snob. I'm a film snob, whatever. So I I, I didn't make that up. And I think there are problems with that mentality. Anyway, yes. You have another title? Psycho. Mm, It is a classic that a lot of people do talk about, but... Growing up, I always thought, I don't ever care to watch that. It's in Mm. black and white. That Mm. is not my kind of film. Well, ironically, my high school English teacher, I was really good friends with her, convinced me to watch it. So we sat down and watched it. And I was like, I'm going to have to do this more often. Give these older movies a chance because they're classics for a reason. And so that was a good example of one where Mm. I was convinced I had no need to see it, but it's pretty great. I recommend it. Yeah, it is really great. I really like that movie. I think um, that's a good one. That's a kind of another class of like, there's reasons people don't watch movies like Grease. They think they're cheesy or the things that are old and black and white. People avoid right. like popular culture completely turns their nose up at. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, I have one more. Yeah. 500 Days of Summer. Yeah. A lot of people talk about it. I, I feel like it kind of went through a phase several years ago mm. where everyone knew what it was. Yeah. Zoe Deschanel but, was huge. And right. Yeah, I remember when that all came. of my friends hated me <laughs> for making them watch it. No one liked it because it? it's yeah. not the typical ending. You yeah. Hope yeah, for. yeah. Mm-hmm. But to me, I loved it. The whole story and the ending felt real. Mm. <laughs> like this yeah. is real life, not the typical rom-com. So yeah, oh, I agree. I, I remember that when that came out and like, yeah, I was kind of obsessed with Zoe Deschanel back then. <laughs> and <laughs> still, wasn't? let's be honest. Yeah, that movie did turn. I remember that too, actually watching that with a group of like my guy friends in college. And like, what? This movie's not, 
having a happy ending exactly. Like, and I wouldn't say it's a happy or sad ending exactly, but right. it's it's not what you expect necessarily. Uh, and it has a lot more, I think a lot more depth than, than your basic rom-coms. So, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think on that note too, like there's some genres that just don't get acclaim in general. Like there's a question of like the Oscars don't give attention to different things, but like just in general comedies, romantic comedies, even horror movies, it's like a subgenre of film in some people's eyes. And I think that's unfortunate too, that. That is sad, yeah. especially the romantic comedies. <laughs> Sorry, I'm bringing, it, I'm bringing it up again. But think about all the romantic comedies that literally every woman on the planet has seen. Mm. Yeah. The classics like 10 Things I Hate About You, Dirty Dancing, My Best Friend's Wedding, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, yeah. The Proposal. Yeah. I don't know. No, I think that's that's so true. Why are we shamed <laughs> for loving yeah. these romantic movies? Yeah. It's so sad. I remember being there too, like, oh, the proposal. Like, I hadn't seen it. I didn't know anything about it. And I was like, well, it's not got a good Rotten Tomatoes. And it's a girl <laughs> movie. Like, whatever. <laughs> Just completely turning my nose up at it. Uh, but I actually really like that movie. I think it's really funny. Um, it is great. I think that's a good point too about, like, there's so many different reasons why we as people watch movies. And even individually, like there's certain movies I watch for nostalgia. There's certain movies I watch for intellectual thought. Uh, like you mentioned the movie Inception while we were preparing for this. That's such like a mind bender. Uh, but I think there's mm-hmm. even more examples of that kind of like, yeah, really intellectual kind of movies. Um, Inception is one people disagree about too, that some people really hate. I love it so much. I'm a big fan of it. Um, Me too. Yeah. But then, so like the movie I was talking about earlier where they were talking about it on this podcast, it was space jam. And they were like, <gasps> if you go back and watch that movie, it's terrible. And I was like, what? And I, I it brought I, me so much joy. I loved that movie as a kid. I actually not so long ago, watched about half of it with my kids, just put it on a Saturday morning. And I was like, this is pretty funny. Uh, but remember like it is cheesier than I remembered, but I think for sure. Yeah. So like, what does this get on Rotten Tomatoes today? Why why would we even ask that question? You know, like that's, I guess, kind of what I'm trying to get at is that if you really think about what is a movie review, it's a little bit ludicrous that we give it as much attention as we do. Anyway, there's that. So true. Yeah, like a romantic movie. Last week I watched Before Sunrise with Allison and like I wanted to watch that romantic movie with my wife and like that was one reason to watch that movie. That one also was really intellectual and I love it for a lot of reasons. But yeah, we have different reasons for watching different things. And that's okay. It's a great thing. Well, do you have any final thoughts or anything we haven't mentioned? I have a new rom-com suggestion. Oh, yeah. Let's hear it. Netflix just put out a film a couple weeks ago called oh. To All the Boys I've Loved Before. All right. It was also a book. I did not read it first. Okay. But it is a great high school rom-com. It's reminiscent of the 90s rom-coms mm. in my brain. Yeah, I just really nice. loved it. That's really cool. I've heard good things about that too. I haven't uh, haven't watched it yet. I haven't met a girl that didn't like it yet. (laughs) Oh, nice. (laughs) Love it. Oh, I did want to make a shout out for Dazed and Confused. Yeah. (laughs) It's one of my top movies ever. And I loved that you mentioned it in episode two. It is just classic. It's got all these big names in it and you just don't expect it. It is so good. And Um, there's honestly not a plot. It's just the day (laughs) in the life of an American teen. I think that's cool. So it goes along with like that. So Richard Linklater Mm -hmm. makes so many movies that are just kind of about time. And I think that's a cool one that it's almost a time capsule of like 
that yes. time period. That's really cool. He had one recently, though. It's kind of the same deal, but more modern called, or maybe it's set in the 70s or something. I haven't seen it. It's called Everybody Wants Some. But I've, I've heard, heard of it. very similar to Dazing and Fuse, but it's, oh. it was made that a couple years ago. But yeah, Dazing and Fuse is great. You got Matthew McConaughey in there. Ben Affleck. Yeah, oh, that's right. Oh, my gosh. That was one Allison knew about and liked way before I even was wow. aware of it, which is, yeah, that doesn't happen every day. That I wrote one of my film papers on it. Nice. When we were in Liverpool. Oh, one other thing I did want to say. I challenge you to watch Singing in the Rain. Yeah. Because as a movie person, mm-hmm. it's got a lot of the history of when pictures added sound ah, to the movies. That's so it's cool. really the main plot. Wow. And okay. I didn't know that. It's really fun to watch the studios figure out how they're going to make this happen. Nice. That's one that I think would be good to cover. It's sort of like, a lot of people have it in their all-timer kind of list. So that's one that I just know that I need to watch. So nice. I love that. Thank you. Very cool. Thank you for having me. You're so, so welcome. Thank you so much for being here. I will have you back. Maybe you'll be, you can be our rom-com go-to person. <gasps> oh, I love a rom-com <laughs> segment. <laughs> yeah. I love that idea. Cool. All right, Amy. Well, thank you so much. And we will talk to you next time. Thank you. And that will do it for the discussion with Amy Harrington. Pretty interesting discussion, no? Yeah, I thought it was awesome. Uh, That's so cool. So, like, where are reviews good? Where should they go? Like, what what place do they actually play? Yeah, I think, um, so there is an analysis component to a lot of reviews, and I think that's really good. And so I think the best, in my in my experience and in my opinion, the best is mm-hmm. you watch a movie and then you go read some uh, oh, thoughts absolutely. from people you trust. And over time you find people that you tend to trust and go back to those yeah. people and you like their voice and um, it can help you make sense of something after you've watched it. I think reading reviews after the movie, sometimes like I can enjoy a mo- enjoy a movie a lot, mm-hmm. but after my first watch, I may not know exactly why I enjoyed it. And I feel like if I go read some reviews and it talks about exactly why it was good and what mm-hmm. went into it, I'm like, oh, I can understand why I enjoyed that movie a lot more. And um, it gives me a lot of insight into the movie. But one of the things that um, I think is a big danger if you read reviews before Mm -hmm. is it can alter your perception or you go into the movie with an already preconceived idea if you're going to like it or not based on the review you might have read and you don't really give the movie a chance Mm -hmm. you know yeah i totally agree with that and i've I've had that experience many times and even like the opinions of friends we touched on this a little bit in the interview but um like i remember growing up my brother or like a friend would say yeah, that one's not really worth your time. And then years later, I finally watched it. Oh, actually, I loved that. I wish I would have watched that before. Um, mm-hmm. Or on the other side, so even if it's a critic I really trust and I listen to a lot, uh, then they dislike something. Then I go into it seeing all those negative things where maybe if I just experienced it cold, I would have had a better experience and connected with it more. Uh, so I think you have to be careful with that. Yeah. So I think I think that's really huge because – and I don't want anyone to, to think, oh, never read reviews, right? Mm-hmm. But just be careful about reading reviews before you go into a movie. Yeah. Um, I think that's I think that's all you need to worry about. Yeah, I love that. One other thing I want to say that's kind of related is that, so Amy talks about seeing the good in movies and, and 
liking pretty much everything she watches. I think there's still a place to be critical. Like I'm going to watch a movie and not love every single aspect of it. But I think the key is that you surrender to it and you give it the time and that you don't, uh, yeah, try not to come in with preconceived notions or spend all your energy looking at the negative parts of it. Cause I just think that's going to make you sad overall anyway. And yes, we need to know, like, we need to know what's a good movie. Like what can, what, what makes a movie good or bad? Like there, there are Mm -hmm. things for that, but a lot of that's opinion too. And I think, um, the culture online is such that, and just the culture in general is such that, um, it can just be really divisive. And I just want to push against that a little bit. Yeah. Well, we want to know what you think, everyone listening. Do you think movie reviews are overrated mm. or do you think that they're worth the time? Yeah. Uh, taking the time to read. Tell us what you, let us know what you think on our social medias. Andrew, what, how can they follow us on social yeah. media? And I'll say too, I really would appreciate feedback on this because I think there are people who may disagree to some degree with, with what we're yeah. talking about. And I would love to hear why and if there's enough discussion episode two about this topic and we, we dig into it more, but uh, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at art house garage also on stardust. And then drew and I are both on Letterboxd. I will link all those in the show notes and you can uh, leave us a rating or a review on iTunes. And that's another place that I would appreciate feedback. I think that's a good place to hear, Hey, we don't like what you're doing. <laughs> do it better. Or we love it and do more of the same please reach out. We would love to engage. And uh, that's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. See you next week. Bye.